Hi, Emerge Church. Thank you for joining us today. We're so grateful to have you to be a part of our church gathering today. Whether this is your first time or you've been with us every Sunday, let us know in the comments below. Go ahead and chat it up. Let us know that you're here or fill out a connection card, however you want. Hey, we take notes here. I want you to text the word gathering to 66599 so you can get a copy of today's sermon notes or you can click on the link that you can see. We want you to be able to take notes from today so you can reference back as time goes on. Additionally, we want you to be able to discuss it, the, what you learned today with your kids uh, because elementary down below will learn the same materials. So we want you to be able to disciple them, to raise them up, to love Jesus and to know them, uh, to know him in a deeper and better way. So Father, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for the opportunity to come here before you, to slow our hearts and our minds down, to rid of all the distractions that are out there in the world and so that we can just focus in on you. It's been another tough week as usual. And uh, God, so we just ask that your peace that surpasses all understanding will just encompass us. Father, that uh, you'll bring rest in the midst of everything uh, in our morning so far that we can just sit here and focus on you. So God, open our hearts, our minds, our souls. God, let us be able to sing songs to you. Let us be able to lift you up in worship, to praise you, to honor you. And God, may you teach something new about you or about your heart. Just reveal something new to us today. So Father, thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Thank you for this opportunity. And God, we just give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before I get started, I just want to let you know what we are planning and that we're just planning to stay with these online gatherings for the next several months. I don't have a, a date in mind yet, but we're just going through some things. So with the potential of the virus being spread and the inability to have our little ones into junior church, we just feel it's best to hold off right now on really pushing into a facility. So we're looking right now for facilities. We're praying about the right place to go and we'll hopefully have some better answers and a target date for meeting in person down the road. And additionally, just in the midst of all that, we're gonna be listening to what the schools have to say with how the kids will be going to school in the fall, or if they're going to school in the fall. I think they will. And so we're gonna use that as a benchmark for us as well. So in the meantime, just make sure you sign up for our email newsletter and follow us on social media so you don't miss out. Emerge Church can just get lost in the midst of your social media feeds. Unless you're clicking follow and then to turn on the notifications from us, the, the social media algorithms will just throw us out of the loop. And, you know, you could have thousands of friends, but only 25 to 30 people show up. And that's just based on who you like, what you're seeing, what you're doing. And uh, those are just all the algorithms in the back that the social media just runs through. And so we just wanna make sure that we're up in the forefront. So what you can do to help us as we're just starting to build towards this location, uh, we're just needing your help in a few ways. Maybe you can do one of these things uh, and it would be amazing. Uh, number one, can you just like or share the social media posts from Emerge so we can get our name out? Or could you just comment on it? Maybe you could host a watch party of the sermon or simply share it out. That way we can just get our name out into the community. Also, we just need to hear from you. Can you fill out the connection card? Let us know if you'd like to serve with us as we're beginning to plan for this facility because we're gonna need some of you to come alongside of us and partner with us to volunteer and to help grow uh, this church. So just let us know if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, part of a small group, etc. Fill out that connection card, because we wanna hear from you. All right, 
Enough of the commercials, enough of the announcements. Let's get started today on week number two of Stories of Healing. Today we'll be reading in Mark 5. You're going to see a story about Jesus raising a girl uh, from the dead and the healing of a sick woman. These two stories of healing center around the idea of having faith. The faith or believing that Jesus can and still will can and still heal. The faith or believing that he can do what he said he will do. So I decided to read this story out of Mark, but it's also listed in Matthew and Luke. It's one of the synoptic gospels. And so this story in Matthew is framed in a mere 135 words, where Mark will use 374 words. So it gives you a little more detail and breadth in the story. So this story shows you the healing of two females. One of the distinctive features of the Gospel of Mark is the treatment of female characters and putting them at the forefront. Stories involving women appear throughout the Gospel, but as the narrative progresses, female characters become increasingly important in Mark's um, his count. So their faith and insight provide a counterpoint to some of the failures of the male followers of Jesus. So it's a good way to kind of see how women can help in ministry. We've talked about this before, and you can see that much of Jesus' ministry was centered in and around the Sea of Galilee, a bustling area of industry, trade, and access to international peoples, and everyone all around and all alike. So as we begin to read here in Mark 5, you can see how the narrative about Jairus' daughter frames the interruption of the bleeding woman. What I love about this is just that both stories show Jesus' incredible and surprising power mixed in with a dramatic pause. So let's go ahead and read Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 43. This story is after uh, Jesus healed the demonic man on the other side of the, the lake, and they're coming back. And it says uh, here in verse 21, When Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers, he was one of the leaders, uh, one of the managers, his name was Jairus, he came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed in with him. So you see that they would just kind of go up and down the shoreline. They wanted more. They would continue to come to him and to seek him out, to, to learn more about Jesus, to be able to experience them and see him in a new way. And it says here in verse 25, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Talking about a long time, right? 12 years. And she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt her body that she was freed from her suffering. How amazing is that? Immediately, she was 
healed. She could feel. She just knew. And she just knew that this was the right experiment at last. She had heard of Jesus' marvelous cures and the hearing of these. She just came out to him. She just she was shrinking away, kind of hiding away in the background, but she reached out and touched the garment. Because, you know, according to the ceremonial law, she was unclean. And so she couldn't touch him. And, and just her touching anybody would defile that person. And so she was just kind of hiding back in the, in the midst of it, trying to get through to him and just reaching out just to touch him. And so you can just see her stealthily approaching through the crowd, trying to get through just to touch, because that's what needed to be done. She just felt like, if I just reach out to him, she's going to be healed. I'll be healed. And so it's just awesome just to see how Jesus just set her free from that disease itself. And, and just he was the wondrous healer for her. So verse 30, let's go on. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? And you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? Wow. That's, uh, that's kind of like what we would be, right? Like, really, Jesus? You think we can identify who just touched you out of everybody that was here? How, how do you think we're going to identify this person? There's so many people around us, a great crowd surrounding us. There's no chance that we can, we can tell you who it is. But Jesus stopped. He stopped and he continued so that she would come forward, so that she could come forward and just say, Hey, I am here and I was the one that touched. And you can kind of think about the disciples. You know, they're like, we got to get to Jairus' house. The daughter is dying. We don't want to stop here. But he does. So he stops and asks, who touched me? Verse 32, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed her. And so... When he said that, that, that affectionate title of daughter, it's the only recorded use by Jesus right here. And it signified her new relationship with him. She was now a believer, following and trusting and knowing him. And it says, go in peace and be freed from your suffering is what Jesus said. And verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some of the men from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, came. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, While this commotion and wailing, the child is not dead, but simply asleep. But they laughed at him after he put them all out. So he shoved them all out and uh, pushed them out so he could be there. He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went into where the child was. And he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum. 
which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. And that was in Aramaic. And she's saying, little girl, get up. And that clause was just to emphasize Jesus' authority over death. Get up, is what he said. And immediately the girl stood up and walked around. And it says in parentheses, she was 12 years old. And at this, they were completely astonished. She gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. And so Jesus was just, at this point, he was trying to keep his fame from spreading too much so that he wouldn't get arrested um, by the religious leaders uh, of the time because they were coming around trying to see him, trying to understand his ministry and what he's doing. And they were just flocking around him constantly. And so he didn't want his fame to really outgrow, and he didn't want his, his fame to be locked in the healing aspect, um, but for people to be believing and to be knowing him. So you can see here that this story shows a break in the action. It's a potentially disastrous issue that the little girl could die while Jesus is being interrupted. Can you imagine what Jairus was thinking when Jesus asked to, to stop? How about those disciples? You know, they were pushing him onward and saying, you can't know who touched you with all these people so close and pushing in on you. Doesn't that interruption of the bleeding woman give you a slight bit of anxiety? Like, hey, Jesus, don't you know that girl's dying? Come on, man. That's what I thought when I was reading this a long time ago. But isn't that how we can get on our own side? God, I thought you told me that you were going to give me this job. God, I, I thought you told me that my finances are going to be covered. I thought I heard that you were going to heal my friend, heal my mother. I thought I heard. And so you can see just how our flesh it can just get in the way. We can hear what we want to hear from God, but that truly wasn't what he said to us. Right? Or maybe you just haven't heard from him. You've never heard from him. Well, that's most of us. Very few people will hear the audible voice of God. What we do hear and what we do find out, it's, it just comes through affirmation via scripture or others around us quite often after our time of prayer. And that's not just a one-time prayer session. It's in those waiting moments that are providentially ordered to test and strengthen our faith. I don't want you to get caught up in the physical healing and the resurrection of this little girl to be the main point of the healing and in this reading. I don't want you to think that Jesus can only do those two items because it's, it's just not that. These stories can be applied to our mental, physical, and spiritual healing that could be needed. It could be that you need His resurrection power to save you if you don't know Him. It could be that you need His peace and presence in your life in the midst of all that's going on right now. So in these two accounts in Mark 5, the main contributing factor of their healing is faith. For the bleeding woman, her cure was attributed to her faith, not the touching of Jesus' robe. Her faith healed her in that it caused her to seek healing from Jesus. You see, faith, our confident trust, derives its value not from the one who expresses it, but from the object in which it rests, Jesus. When we put our faith and trust in Him, we have this unmovable rock in our lives. It doesn't mean that we won't have trials or tribulations, 
but it does mean that we have someone that we can look to, that we can trust, and we can seek fully to get us through all of it. In reading Mark 5, what we see here is faith and action. It's their faith that action that brought the healing in both the physical and spiritual for them. It's such a great parallel and shows us how God can use different situations to bring us to a point to finally meet him. What I love about these two stories is that in these desperate times, they go to Jesus and they don't run away. It's a point that should be clear for us. It should be clear for believers and unbelievers that we need to, number one, get and go. We need to get it together and go to him. So don't let your past get in your way. Don't let your current situation push you further from him. Don't let it push you from Jesus. We need to go towards him. We need to earnestly seek Jesus. We need to ask him for help. Don't power up and try to do it on your own. Go to him in prayer. Seek out some other believers to help you on this journey. We can't do it alone. We need to get our genuine faith and belief and go to Jesus. Faith in Christ is based on the evidence of the testimony of eyewitnesses, but the evidence is not an end in and of itself. The gospel must be heard and understood before faith can happen. You see, faith occurs when someone moves through the words and the evidence and calls upon or asks Christ to save them. You can see that in Romans 10. To ask Christ to save is to trust what God says, the death of Christ that makes available, particularly regarding forgiveness and the freedom from sin's power. When God saves, the believer internally identifies Christ's death as the death of his or her own sins, making genuine and consistent obedience to God possible for the future. This is the kind of faith that will just prove its genuineness by the transformed life God produces through you. Note to go back and read James 2 yourself, verses 14 through 26. You see, saving faith is never merely a superficial response, nor is it merely a mental acceptance of the claims of the gospel. The kind of faith by which God justifies sinners moves through acceptance of those claims to Christ himself. We must still choose, but this choice should be understood in light of all that's around us to guide and empower our choice. Saving faith occurs when within the person's heart where the Holy Spirit illuminates the person's need that Christ has done, of what Christ has done, and can do for that person. You see, recognition of the need always precedes the saving faith. The Holy Spirit enables you to understand how Christ's death and resurrection were for those that heard. God gives the unbeliever the capacity to choose to trust God. Through what he says, through his human witnesses about Christ, the Holy Spirit bears witness by personally applying the words of the gospel and then guides them. So that leads us to point number two. Number two is the healing hustle. You can see from this reading that the two Jewish individuals, a man and a woman, display the faith required for true healing in seeking him out. They did the healing hustle. They ran to they sought out Jesus fully. They ran to him. So if you look at the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, she had likely done a lot of her own and seeking out from medical doctors and those around her. However, she just never found her true healing when she hustled her way to reach out, until she hustled her way to reach out to Jesus. That's when she found her healing. God can work through various instruments and ways that he chooses to bring health to persons sick 
uh, that are sick physically, emotionally, and spiritually. The Bible does not only tell of people's spiritual status, but it also tells about their physical conditions too. Nearly one-fifth of the Gospels report Jesus' miracles and the discussions that came from them. You see, the Gospels record 14 different instances of physical and mental healing. It's pretty amazing. Jesus used different methods in his healing ministry as well. They include calling upon the faith of the person or bystanders to be healed. Maybe it was the touching the sick person, praying, assuring forgiveness of sins, and speaking commands. On several occasions, the faith of the individual was an important factor in the healing. Specifically, speaking of the woman who was hemorrhaging, who was bleeding. Jesus said, your faith has made you well. And then finally, we just land on point number three. It is called the persistent parishioners. So the faith of other people is also another factor. It's through their prayers, through their persistence, that healing of others can and will occur. See, we are all called to pray without ceasing, right? In the healing stories throughout the gospel, the response of faith is essential in order for the healing to occur. Whether that faith is resident in the victim or in some person or persons who are hoping for a cure of a friend or a relative. It is the faith of the friends of the paralytic who just lowered him through the roof that leads Jesus to pronounce forgiveness of the man's sins and to enable him to walk. Those people were persistent. They carried him. They dropped him through the roof and knew that Jesus would and could heal him. In another story in Mark 9, Jesus stated to the father of the sick boy that healing was possible if he had faith, if people had faith. And the man responded, I do believe, help my unbelief. Or I can think of another story in Matthew 8, when the centurion just he sought Jesus to ask for the healing of his servant. And the Savior responded, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. And his servant was cured that very moment in Matthew 8. See, we can see that all of these, what we've read today, and that it was just through Jairus' confidence and the ability of Jesus to heal his daughter that him, brought him to ask Jesus to do so. Just as it was as the woman who with a bloody flow, she just reached out in faith to touch Jesus and was healed. When you look at the word faith, it is derived from the Latin word fides. Today, faith denotes trust, and faith does not function as a verb. The verb to believe has replaced the verb to faith. So faithfulness denotes trustworthiness or dependability. Throughout the scriptures, faith is the trustful human response to God via his words and his actions. God initiates a relationship between himself and human beings. He expects people to trust him. Failure to trust him was in essence the very first sin in Genesis. Since the fall of humanity, God nurtures and inspires trust in him through what he says and does for the benefit of the people who need him. He provides evidence of his trustworthiness by acting and speaking in the external world to make himself known to the people who need him. So I, I just hope that you like those alliterations that I came together. When, number one, get and go. Number two, healing hustle. Number three, the persistent parishioners. These three points are separate, but the same. 
Faith is the underlying theme in all of them. Faith is the underlying theme in our relationship with God. And I hope that your faith is growing and your love for him is growing. Let's go to prayer. Father, thank you for these stories. Thank you for your witness. Thank you for your love. God, we uh, enjoy our time in the Word that to be able to read and see and hear and know your thoughts, your feelings, your direction. God, may you just continue to reveal in Scripture what it is that we need to hear from you. Maybe it's growing in faith. Maybe it's taking that next step. Maybe it's coming closer to you. Whatever that is, Father, we ask that you just help us to hear it, to see it, to know it. And uh, just be with us. Calm our hearts, our minds, our souls. God, we ask that you heal our nation. Father God, you know where we're standing right now. You know that racism is tearing us apart. It's active. It's alive. And so in Jesus' name, we ask that you remove that as far as the east is from the west. God, that you'll bring unity, that you'll bring love, that you'll bring your joy, your peace in and amongst your people. Father, may more people call out to you. May more people come to know you in the midst of everything that's going on. And so some of you that are listening and, and right now, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you don't know who this Jesus is. And maybe this sparked an interest. And maybe that God just aligned this time right now for you to be here, this divine moment. And so if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you want to take those next steps, I just want to do something with you. I want you to pray with me. And I want you to be able to say these words and then let me know that you made this decision because I want to help you walk and take your next steps. So if you want to give your life to Jesus, pray these words with me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your evidence. Thank you for dying on the cross and being rose again. God, I want to call you my Lord and Savior today. I want to get to know you better. I want to trust you more. Father, forgive me for everything that I've done. Help me to trust you. Help me to grow my faith. And I just love you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Now, Father, for every person that prayed that prayer or those that are uh, just having their own prayers and their own struggles along the way, God, I ask that you just meet each person that you'll put someone in their path, that you'll help them to carry, carry them through. And Father, that you'll be the center point of everything. So Father, thank you for your love, for your grace. Thank you for your joy and your peace. And uh, we just give it all to you today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. If you made that decision, gosh, if you guys gave your life to Christ, if you said yes, if you prayed that prayer with me, please let me know. Fill out that connection card. You can see it in the sermon notes section down there. Click on it. Let me know the decision you made. I want to connect with you. I want to help you. I want to help you take your next steps, help you to grow in your faith. And um, I'm so proud of you if you did that. So thank you so much for doing that. All the rest of you, thank you for being here and being a part of it. And uh, fill out the connection card. Let us know if you want to be a part uh, when we open up into a facility. Uh, we definitely need many people to help on and volunteer and can't wait to see people in person instead of talking to this camera. 
and uh, just excited about that opportunity just to get in front of all of you and to be able to worship together and to do life together. And so thanks for being here. Thank you for your giving because it's time for the offering. Uh, thank you so much for your generosity. You can see the links. The, the giving of your tithes and offering get expanded. We have partners all throughout the U.S. and throughout the world that we just give to on your behalf. And so thank you for your faithfulness in that. Thank you for giving a portion of what God has given you. And so as we close out today, we're going to have the virtual lobby afterwards. It'll be in the links um, that you'll see in the sermon notes. So you'll have to click on that. It'll be a private, secure uh, virtual lobby. Would love for, to meet you, to talk with you as a group there, just like we'd be hanging out in the lobby right after the services, after the gatherings. We would want to just hang out and just talk. And so that's the opportunity there on Zoom. If you want to join us, we'd love to have you there. And uh, finally, make sure you say hello to everybody. Be praying for everyone. Write down your prayer request. We want to pray for you. Fill them out. Let us know. And I think that's it. Just scroll down through the rest of the sermon notes. If I forgot something, I know there's some other announcements that I didn't make. Take a look at that. Follow us on social media. Have a fantastic day. I love you so much, and I'll see you next week.